Hello and welcome to the Meg, John and Justin podcast. Uh, you might notice that it is just me, Justin, introducing that. Uh, me and Meg, John had a powwow and we decided we're not breaking up, don't worry, we're not breaking up, we're just <laughs> doing things with other people, it's fine. Um, we decided because um, we don't live in the same place anymore, um, that we're going to focus the time that me and Meg, John spend together on recording traditional Meg John and Justin podcasts, i.e. Meg John and Justin talking to each other about stuff um, when we meet up. Uh, and we're also going to have guest spots. And um, Meg John has recorded um, a chat that they did with Alexi and Taffy um, about their new book, uh, Life Isn't Binary. And so we decided to kind of do more of these like interviewee kinds of things with people that we like and people whose work inspires us and people who are interesting. So think of this as a kind of like a, a new like sub series within the podcast thread. A lot of the a lot of podcasters do this. It's very it's very cool and trendy. Um, so with that, I am delighted to welcome to the show Dr. Eleanor Yanaga. Hello. Uh, Dr. Eleanor Yanaga is a kick-ass medieval historian that me and Meg John really, really like. Uh, they write about, they specialise in, um, in uh, medieval history in Central Europe, uh, but also uh, about sex. Yeah. Which is what brings you to this podcast. It is. Um, Dr. Eleanor is also known to me as Bay. Hi, Bay. Hi, Bay. Um, but for the purposes of this podcast, they're Dr. Eleanor. That's, yeah, I think that probably Bay is going to go over not quite so well. I mean, us chatting about what we're going to have for dinner and are we going to go to the pub later? I mean, that's probably a little too real and f I'm fairly certain that's not what people are tuning in for. <laughs> no. But, yeah. so I guess I can say uh, thank you, Justin. Big fan of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a ca it's a cast. Let's not call it a pod. It's a cast. It's a brawl, as MJ calls it, a show. <laughs> okay, I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks for having me okay, on. Okay, great. Thanks for well, thanks for coming on, Dr. Eleanor. Mm. Um, so we're going to talk. Well, Dr. Eleanor is going to talk uh, about. I'm going to stop calling you Dr. Eleanor in a minute. I'll call you Eleanor. That's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, it's very strange. I'll get used to it. It's fine. Um, so we're going to talk about. Uh, Eleanor's going to talk about this concept that they've been, that she's been working on lately, called um, sexual ob objectification. The yeah. objectification of sex. The objectification of sex. Um, so, first of all, uh, before we start defining what this is, can you like tell us how you got uh, thinking about this? What kind of spurred you to think about this stuff? Oh, it, it was like the worst possible way to be spurred to think about anything uh, because I got in here through uh, incels. Um, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. What to bring down? Um, incels of uh, involuntarily celibate yes. people. And although the term was coined by a woman, mm, yeah. um, it's actually mostly used by very angry young men. Yeah. At this juncture in their lives, who feel and pontificate at length uh, that they deserve sex, mm. that they're somehow being denied sex, mm. and they tend to talk about sex as though it's a resource. So they will say, oh, women are ho hoarding all the sex, or um, women have sex with chads, which are what they call sexually desirable men, mm -hmm. and uh, women give all of the sex to the chads, and mm. they advocate for what they call a sexual Marxism, where... <laughs> <laughs> They feel that. And this is ironic because a lot of them would tell you they were libertarians um, until they're not having sex. And then they feel that the government
government should step in and allocate them sex. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I mean, there's a whole other podcast about incels. I mean, it's difficult because, uh, you know, as somebody who spends uh, a lot of my work life giving sex and relationships advice to young men in particular mm. uh it's hard to have to feel very compassionate about some of the things that they're saying online so um i guess it's it's a tricky topic but it was incels that kind of got you onto this and how they view sex as a resource to be allocated yeah like a, and it's almost like a material resource isn't it definitely and i mean incels definitely are the people who spurred this but i think that as a society this is something that we do kind of think mm. um you know that we've got the phrase owing someone sex and yeah. even if we're saying that we don't we'll say oh you don't owe this person sex mm. just because you have dinner or because of this and even some of the phrases like did you get any last night or did you get some Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and so the, it, it's a thing that yeah. you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that my thing is because um, I have never met a way to, of thinking about sex that I cannot relate to the medieval period, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or won't, yeah. uh, even when asked repeatedly to stop. Um, I started kind of thinking about the ways that the medieval mindset about sex and the, the theories about sex are really still influencing us because for me, this is actually kind of a medieval way of relating to sex. Yeah. Um, so let's let's start to unpack this stuff uh, and then hopefully the listener will uh, understand if they don't already follow your work just how important it is to be to know our medieval history it's like s- such super important oh yeah um, yet yeah, not talked about enough period so let's start to unpack the terms and so when we're talking about the objectification of sex I guess we've already kind of um, uh, kind of unpacked it a little bit but mm. is there anything else to say about it that it's seen as a resource that you either have or you don't have Mm -hmm. it's something that's kind of traded it's something that people are looking for but the other thing that i'm really struck by is that we are when i'm saying the objectification of sex it's also sex as something that has actual physical properties yeah and so it's something that people will kind of think about in terms of being oh you know it's hot it's this, mm-hmm. it's that, and having an actual effect on the world around you. So not just an activity, not just a concept, something that actually impacts the world. So um, that's uh, so. This is like already super interesting. But so um, let's set the context for the medieval period, sex in the medieval period, okay. and where, and uh, so we can start to understand where the beginnings is of beginnings of this idea of. Uh, objectification of sex comes from uh, talk us through it Dr. Helen the sex in the medieval period okay so I mean I guess I'll... In, I guess in Europe we should say as well right? yeah I mean to be clear I am um, a historian of Europe like mm. medieval Europe um, I am a huge fan of the history of the entire world but it's just not uh, my area of expertise so you know what I'm going to talk about here isn't holding true in Japan. It's certainly not holding true in China. It is not holding true in Greater Zimbabwe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but then we go on to export a lot of this stuff. We in, do. Uh, in the early modern period. Yeah, right? it's called colonialism yeah. and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. So, you know, it, it is actually a, a good way of thinking about how we kind of mm-hmm. got to that. Um, so, I guess the other preface that I will do is. Although everything that I'm going to talk about now is like um, highly theoretical, just to be clear, medieval people were boning like crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just like now where there's a lot of messages from society mm-hmm. about the sex that you should be having and what is and isn't correct. They were just going at it anyway. So, like, you know, 
it's easy when you read a bunch of religious people talking about sex to go, oh, they weren't doing anything. But mm -hmm. the reason religious people are writing this way about mm -hmm. sex is because people were going for it. Well, I think that's something that we'll probably talk about a bit later on. But there mm -hmm. is this difference between the public and the private and the yes. uh, uh, when it comes to sex. And that's something that certainly that will come out. But um, so... Broadly speaking, the uh, the kind of the, what people were being taught and um, preached at and yeah. about is that sex is bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah. Okay. End of podcast. It's, yeah. it's over. <laughs> you don't need to do anything else. So, um, so okay, sex is bad, right? Mm -hmm. It is very naughty, and you're a naughty person for thinking about it. Yeah. It's naughty because it's tied up with the fall of Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. because uh, when Adam and Eve were living in the garden, they weren't ever going to die, so you didn't need to make more people. Yeah. So, you know, sex wasn't even necessarily a thing. Um, now, having said that, you're not going to get more people unless you start having sex. So everybody acknowledges that it's kind of like a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the way that you can have sex the correct way, there's this phrase that we throw around all the time, which is, it's better to marry than to burn. Right. Which is to go to hell. So you get married, okay? Yeah. So you get married, and I mean, obviously, this is like some straight up heterosexual stuff that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then the way that it is okay to have sex is specifically PIV. Yeah, so, so penis, penis and vagina. vagina. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, because... Uh, listeners will be very familiar. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, I mean, hard same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, it's okay to have PIV, and specifically in the context where you are trying to get pregnant. That's the thing that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, now, there's a whole lot of layers on top of that. It's not just like, oh, well, as long as you might have some piv, then everything else is fine. It's like, mm-mm. Mm yeah. You can't be having sex on Sunday because mm -hmm. that's a holy day. No sex during all of Lent. Mm -hmm. No sex during all of Advent. Mm -hmm. um, no sex on any of the high holy days, which, you know, there's a lot. It's like, you know, yeah. we're out here. It's Michaelmas. Mm -hmm. No having sex. And that's kind of wild because that's like a big feast day. So it's right. like, you know, you get drunk, you might want to bone down. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're, like, you live your life. It's fine. But uh, the church is like, none of that. Yeah. Um, so no sex when a woman's having her period. Mm -hmm. um, and no sex other than piv. Um, so that literally means that, um, so not even a snog, right? Oh, yeah. Like, there's a whole thing where it's like a, you don't want to be having too many quote-unquote lascivious kisses. Yeah. Because you should be, ideally, enjoying sex the least amount possible. I feel like there's a book in that. <laughs> don't enjoy sex. How, how, don't how have, when, yeah. and, or if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and so uh people have to be clothed mm -hmm. right as much clothed as possible yeah you're not supposed to be naked yeah um you should be keeping as much clothing on and ideally you're going for it in the missionary position yeah because there's a whole lot of messages around gendering so if like a woman's woman is on top that's too active yeah um so yeah there's a lot there's a lot to <laughs> unpack here so, yeah, okay, you can go ahead and have sex, but it's within these really strict kind of confines. It's like an accommodation, I guess, isn't it? And there are yeah. so many rules about it to kind of, because sex is inherently bad, but saying uh, you can only do it under these very strict circumstances, which basically means that you can only do it on Wednesday or something. Yeah, it's like, you basically no got like Tuesday evening yeah. and like, you know, after the turnip harvest has been brought in or something, like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but it's, it is something like only, I think, 40% uh, of the time. 
Right. So it's like less than half the amount of time you can actually be having sex. Yes. And I mean, then, even then, like, not after, you know, a woman goes through menopause, for example. Right. It's like, that's it. Yeah. Not while you're pregnant, not while you're breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's it. Right. No. Gosh, this sounds like tremendous fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm having a nice time. <laughs> so, um, so it... We're going to move on to a, a very important figure in in the work here. I feel like I'm in uh, I'm Melvin Bragg now on in our time. <laughs> We're going to talk about Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, because so here's the thing: there's all these rules, right? And the yeah. rules have to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So um, here is our boy, little Tommy Quine Quine. Uh, no, who... one, no one called him that. <laughs> it's only it's only Doctor Eleanor calling him little Tommy Quine Quine. I think we can start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like seven, eight hundred years later, you're giving him a nickname. Anyway. Fine. Okay. Joe, I'm sorry. Yeah, like rain on my parade. That's fine. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sure you are. Um, so, my boy Tommy Quine Quine. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to look you right in the eye while I say mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, he's a 13th century theologian. Yeah. Polymath, priest, all around badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the man would literally dictate to something like eight different scribes on eight different subjects at the same time, and he would just Gosh. expound at length. Mm-hmm. Like, absolute phenom. Um, and he had some thoughts about <laughs> sex. So, like, yeah. So, um, a lot of Aquinas' uh, philosophical theory hinges around the concept of logic. Yeah. Okay. So, the way that he relates to sex is well, A, sex is bad obviously, Mm -hmm. but we got to get more people somehow. Yeah. So what is the most logical way to have sex? What is the logical way from point A Mm -hmm. to point B of the sex to the kids? So he essentially has a hierarchy about what sex is bad and what sex is good. So your logical sex, Mm -hmm. that's your piv, your Mm -hmm. married piv. Yeah. All the married piv. The aforementioned Tuesday night after turn it, lascivious kissing, most logical kissing. Exactly. Yeah, most Um, logical sex. Then underneath that is kind of unmarried sex. Mm -hmm. And that can mean, unfortunately, in a really sad way, that can even mean like rape. Yeah. Uh, Because if you are in a man who rapes a woman who is of breeding age, there's this really sad medieval thing where you can then go to her parents and be like, hey, can I please Mm -hmm. marry my victim? Because... Mm -hmm. The then world is that a, then absolves them of yeah. the sin of unmarried sex, not rape. Yeah, right? exactly. Because yeah. it's it's not illogical, right, for a man to rape a woman if she might get pregnant. Right. You know that's just logical. He's just trying to get a baby. I know. I'm just so yeah. angry all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> then underneath that, you'd have like married piv, but she can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then under, and then unmarried piv, mm-hmm. but you can't get pregnant. And then we hit sodomy. Right. So people think sodomy. Well, I think a lot of people think sodomy means one particular thing, i.e., butt anal stuff. sex. Yeah. Uh, I prefer the technical term butt, butt stuff. stuff. So. Yeah. So, but it's not, is it? No. See, this is the thing. <laughs> the term sodomy literally means any kind of sex that you can't get pregnant from. Mm-hmm. So that's like mutual masturbation, oral sex. Dry humping. Dry humping, anal sex. And like that dry humping was huge. Yeah. And like Furtage was... Yeah, yeah, Like people really liked Furtage. Yeah. You know, um, and they still do. And we know this because there are a lot of paintings of this and drawings and mm-hmm. marg- marginalia. That's a term. Yeah, that's a term I've learned from. I listen yeah. to. Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> see things like this. We, you can see actual 
um, it'll be like, oh, look at this terrible semitical sex, and it'll be like two women rolling around. Yeah. Uh, we also know that people were doing sodomitical, sodomitical, semitical stuff, like uh, making dildos, yep. making strap-ons. Yep. Um, just going for it because this shows up in penitential literature and priests are like, stop making strap-ons and everyone's like, no. Penitential literature is where... Um, you go to the church mm -hmm. um, of a Sunday, ideally, and you go, oh man, I'm really bad. I sure did make a strap-on. Mm -hmm. Just been banging away. Yep. And the priest goes, oh, well, that's extremely naughty. And like, you get 10 Hail Marys. I mean, actually, you get way more than that. It's the medieval period. And they'll be like, mm, you have to fast on these yep. days for a year. But then you're right with God, yeah. right? So we know that there's a lot of sodomy going on. And interestingly, they don't really have the concept of being homosexual. Mm -hmm. they, it's just like you're a sodomite. Yeah. And the thing is, you can be a sodomite if you're what we would call straight. Mm -hmm. If you're doing sodomy. Yeah. But what we would call gay people are definitely doing sodomy, right? Yeah. So, and the, sodomy is just completely illogical to Aquinas because mm -hmm. it's like, how are you ever gonna get pregnant with yeah. this? There's no point to this. Then below that, you got onanism, mm -hmm. AKA wanking. Yeah, because um, you are by yourself and there is no way. Yeah, so all you're doing there, all you're doing is just like looking after your own pleasure and like you, it's a waste of good sperm or yeah. whatever. Um, and see, this is the thing too, is that um, even for if women are masturbating, uh, it's kind of thought that um, in order for women to conceive, you've got to orgasm. Women have mm -hmm. to orgasm because that releases the egg. Right. So it's like just like men's sperm is released with orgasm mm -hmm. in theory, which is not always true. Let's be real. No. Yeah. Um, an egg would be released right. when a woman orgasms. So the two things are necessary. So you're out here wasting seeds. Mm -hmm. God hates that. Yeah. Uh, the most, most bad and illogical thing you can do is bestiality. Yeah. There were a lot of sheep about the joint. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And not a huge number of people either. You know, a lot of no. people living just, you know, near a lot of sheep, but not near so many people and... And you know, like, look, if you had only known 20 people your entire damn life, you might not be feeling particularly sexy about them. Yeah. And you know, and what if they are super holy and they don't want to get down? Exactly. What if it's Sunday? <laughs> it's like, if you're going to be sinful, go all the way. Well, quite. You know. So, um, so there's like a hierarchy of logic, mm -hmm. right? So the, the most logical, the most okay sex, the most proper sex mm -hmm. is not very enjoyable penis and vagina sex with clothes on, not too much lascivious kissing. That's the most logical. Yes. Everything, and then everything else is least logical. Yes. Which kind of brings to mind, uh, dear listener, uh, Gail Rubin's Charmed Circle. It's it's interesting just at this point to kind of bring it back to the modern day, mm -hmm. where really Gail Rubin's, if you Google Gail Rubin, uh, G-A-Y-L-E-R-U-B-I-N, we'll put a link in the show notes, show notes. Oh, well, look at you. Um, I know all the lingo. Um, <laughs> then uh, you'll see that there is um, lots of uh, different kinds of sexual activities that are deemed in modern society as okay and lots that are not deemed okay. Yep. Uh, I won't go through them all, but it's a very kind of similar kind of echo mm -hmm. of what Aquinas was talking about. It kind of works in a different way because Aquinas is... I guess Aquinas's logical theory of sex is that is more like hierarchical, mm -hmm. um, and this is less hierarchical. It's just that there are some some acts are okay, and others are definitely not okay. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose an even like less academic way to look at it too would be our concept of what Crowd says, quote unquote, real sex. Yeah. 
you know, like if we even just want to talk about something like, you know, the quote unquote base system. Yeah. You know, if you want to be, uh, come with me and be American for a moment. <laughs> no, like, it's, it's known about here as yeah. well. People talk about it all the time. Y'all don't even have bases. Yeah, well, we play rounders. Oh, yeah. Getting to home base, yeah. fourth base. Yeah, and, and like that's real sex. sex. That's yeah. real sex. Yeah. And um, so it, it's really kind of the same. And again, it, that's a way of kind of like objectifying sex, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. here's the real sex, unlike that counterfeit sex yeah. that you got over there, like mm-hmm. from like the knockoff shop. Yeah. This is not just this. I mean, we've talked about this in so many of our previous podcasts when we're giving advice about this. But think about a Hollywood movie sex scene and think about how the music goes mm. at that point when it's typically a man in mystery position on top of a woman. And he's, you know, you can imagine that the penis is sliding effortlessly into the <laughs> vagina. And then the music kind of swoons at that point. It's like, oh, this is the this is Oh, the now sex it's now. the sex. Yeah. This is the important bit. And then they stop. Or you know what? Like or, uh, how. The scene cuts. The shorthand in uh, for journalists is always, I swear to God, if there's an article about sex, it's like two white people's feet yeah. under a white duvet, and it's like indicating missionary between two heterosexual people. It's like, oh, you know, sex, here's some feet. You say you're angry all the time. I'm, I'm angry and tired. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so um, Thomas Aquinas... Like we, let's not think of Thomas Aquinas and the medieval period as being this kind of like batshit weird thing that they just kind of had back then, and we don't now. We have this now. Oh yeah, like this is this is in our heads. Yeah. Is is the point, right? Yeah. And so uh, here's the thing, right? So yeah, this is great. I'm like coming at you with some highfalutin nonsense mm-hmm. about like my boy Tommy. Mm-hmm. Quine, Quine. Tommy, 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 Quine, Quine. <laughs> Tommy yeah, Quine. it's catching on. It's catching yeah, there you on. go. Yeah. So what the kids are saying, uh, and they are not. They're not. They are not. No. Um, so the other thing is with the medieval mind, is that sex? Okay, so it's like here's the right way and the bad. You can have good and bad sex, mm-hmm. but it also has physical characteristics and properties. Yeah, this is super interesting. Yeah. So my favorite story about this is there's this great story. I believe it's also 13th century. There's this guy who is a priest and he's talking about his sinful days when, I mean, he was still a priest then, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And he's living in town and his next door neighbors are, you know, in theory, a, I believe a monk and nun, right? But they live together and they are extremely getting it. Right. Like just going to town. Mm-hmm. All over the shop, just having, just having sex. Yes, yeah, they're having sex. <laughs> I mean, who even knows how much sex they're having? Right now, my boy, the priest, is just you know spying on them in a way that's totally chill, right? And going, oh, yeah. I can't believe uh, how much they are having sex, and also wanking. Right, I believe he's like, oh yeah, yeah. You know. um, now, eventually, like, the kind of punchline of this story and, like, the moral of it that helps scare him straight and apparently stop wanking while watching his neighbors, mm. I guess, one hopes, mm. um, is that eventually these two people, they're, the sex they're having is so hot, their house burns down and they die in it mm. while humping, <laughs> which is, like, <laughs> you know, if you got It's it. a very sad story. It is. It is. <laughs> but the, So we talk about sex being hot now, but actually... But, it, maybe it's an echo of that too but so the the sex the, the physical properties of the sex that they were having mm-hmm. meant that there was so much heat generated that their house burnt down yeah that's what they thought was happening yeah and it's like 
part and parcel with this is it's like the wrong kind of sex. So yeah. it's super hot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it, like it kind of acknowledging like the tension that we sort of have around sex now where it's mm. like, ooh, the forbidden things. Ooh, kink. That's really, ooh, ooh. And, you know, it's, you know, kind of kinky for monks and nuns to be getting it. Yeah. So there's kind of like this idea of that being like quite dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and it's quite hot. And so, yeah, it might actually kill you. But also kind of indicated in here is the idea that it's also dangerous for other people. Yeah, so it's like there's, it's a social harm, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So it's like if you burn your house down and die inside it because you are absolutely fucking whatever. I mean, like you're dead, you're a sinner. Yeah. But in a city, in when everything's made out of wood, there's no such thing as a fire department. You're actually putting the entire community at risk. Yeah. And so this is like, it, it actually means something. Yeah. It's sort of life or death. So the way that sex was talked about was that it that sex in itself was hot mm -hmm. and also dry mm -hmm. as well, right? Yeah, because so, you know, we're operating in the medieval period still on humoral theory. Right. Okay, so humoral theory, just FY to the I is not a medieval theory. Mm -hmm. It is a classical theory. Yeah. Galen, down. right? Go, go ask your boy Galen, go ask yeah. your boy Aristotle, and they will tell you about the humors. Don't come at medieval people like they're stupid and then wank at me about Rome, okay? Like, I'm not having it. No. Not having it. No. The Romans were trash. It was a slave state. Don't say this to me. Yeah. No, it's nothing controversial in this at all. No. I just get really angry. I'm sorry. I'm not yeah. sorry. No. Uh, anyway, so the idea is that there is kind of four humors that make up the body. There is blood. There is black bile, there is phlegm, and there is yellow bile. Mm -hmm. They all have corresponding characteristics. They're, I, they're all either hot or wet, cold or dry. Right. And then in turn, everyone's bodies, because they're full of humors, has a balance of these things. Mm -hmm. So women are cold and wet, yeah. and men are hot and dry. Right. Uh, and sex has the ability to warm women up. Mm -hmm. So women are hot and are, are uh, cold and wet. But really, really into sex. Right. Okay. Um, this is like a big medieval thing. Women are the horny ones mm -hmm. and they're the sex pests. Men are logical. Yeah. Right? And men, because men are logical and women are illogical. Men can't possibly be interested in sex because that's, you're being weird. Why are you interested in sex? Yeah. But you know how the ladies are. Yeah. There is a really great blog uh, dot, that dots Eleanor's website going medieval dot. Word, I think it's uh, yeah, it's medieval a blog. blog dot wordpress. Wordpress. Some someone jacked going medieval off of word and, and ain't even done How anything. Dare they? Justice for Dr. Oh, Eleanor Yonaga. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag. Um, so this is an important point. So uh, women are seen as being the horny ones who are mm -hmm. really into sex. For, uh, for to understand why that is, read this blog. It's another podcast. It's another. Yeah, we're not going to get into it. Podcast. But, but they're also seen as cold and wet. Yeah, and so the idea is, the reason, the reason, the humoral theory behind it is that mm. sex warms them up because sex is hot, right? Mm -hmm. And so then they stay super horny during mm. sex because wet, it's like with wet wood. It mm. takes a hotter fire to get it on fire, and then when it's on fire, you're fucked. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like sex has this actual property of enlivening women. Yeah. And also, it's, isn't it thought that um, that women remain hotter for longer after sex, which yeah. is also dangerous? Oh yeah. So after the sex that they um, they might that they were doing, they might cause a further social danger. Who, who knows whomst they might hump? Yeah. Now that they exactly. are horny. Now they're all hot and raring and ready to go. They might just go for it. Yeah. And then, like, you know, start fires all over the city. It's wild. Which is why, also, you couldn't really do it um, near the weekend, because you can't be going to church whilst being 
Yeah. Hot, right? Yeah, the idea is that so a woman, she has sex, she gets all hot. Right. So you say you have sex on a Saturday night, which in theory, like you would think would be okay because it's not Sunday, is it? But what happens if you are still horny as hell (laughs) come Sunday morning and you're in church and you should be thinking about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but you're just being horny? Yeah. Like we can't be having that. So no sex on Saturday either. I believe the last night it was okay to have sex was like Thursday because you know how the ladies be. Gosh. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, um, so the physical properties of sex are seeing as being hot and dry and supremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, fires back then are no joke. Yep. Well, no, no, they're not a joke now, obviously. No. Um, but particularly then, it has the potential to burn down an entire community um, or even a city. Um, speaking of cities, um, there is also a moving, well, a kind of. Uh, Jumping ahead a bit, but um, it's also seen as a, in a in this sex is also seen as has this as having this property in that not having it makes men violent, right? Yeah, so it's like it's sort of like now, right, where there's this balance of the right amount of sex that mm. you're supposed to be having. So too much sex, bad, the whole city burns down. Yeah. The corollary of this is that men, in particular, because they're hot and dry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, if they are not having sex they might get really violent mm. and cause a riot. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, because you know how men be. It's like no one comes out of this well. No. Like, everyone looks like a jerk. Yeah. Um, so, particularly in cities where you have a lot of unmarried men because, you know, they're laborers, they're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a church remedied way of like dealing with this it's like okay yeah we can't all marry so what we will do is we'll have uh, sex workers mm-hmm. on hand yeah okay now everyone is on board with this my boy tommy conquine yep again is like yep yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um he is 100 percent on board for some sex workers um if you want to go back to uh saint augustine a hippo Mm-hmm. He says the same thing. Um, they kind of they refer to sex workers as the cesspools that keep the city of God pristine. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is how you get these malign, right? Like because sex is a malign and contagious thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to keep this balance correct. So you got to make sure that unmarried men have sex somehow, mm-hmm. and they can't wank. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that's le- that's less logical. So they've got to have the sex that is that within the rules of sex. Mm-hmm. Still got to be having that logical sex. Yeah. Even though it's on, even though it's unmarried sex. Yes. It's still got to be as logical as possible. Yeah. So this is like a logical form of sex. And yeah. now, having said that, you know, yes, great, go for your life, have sex with a sex worker, but. It's, it's sort of like the same tension that we have with sex workers now. It's like, oh, yeah. but mm, it's not great, is it? And so there were a lot of rules about where it was okay to have sex work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's sort of the equivalent of like red light districts now. Right. Okay. So here in London, um, all the sex work was taking place across the river in mm-hmm. Borough um, because it's not in the city, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, okay, you, you need this as an amenity. Yeah. Right. But it's not something that you necessarily want to show off. Mm-hmm. Um, in other places, it would often be like just at, up against the city walls in mm-hmm. a city or just outside the city walls because mm-hmm. all cities are fortified at this time. Yeah. Because um, you never know when someone's going to come and put siege to you. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like this way of draining off 
like the bad influence of sex and at the yeah. same time draining off the bad influence of not having sex. You've got to hit the charm to just like, oh, what's the balance? What's the correct balance of yeah. this thing, you know? And all the time we're not talking about sex as being an activity that people might do together. We're always talking about it being this material that has to be traded and has to be got. Yeah, and it's something that it has to be controlled for. Yeah. Like the sex, ooh, the sex that's just like out in the environment floating around, you know? Exactly. And then, so this moves on to uh, another point of um, what we're what you would refer to as conjugal debt. Yeah. Which is still something that we is um, oh, it awfully, is on. Uh, we still have this today. Um, do you want to unpack this term for us a little Yeah, bit? so there's this term, the medieval term is conjugal debt. Mm -hmm. And the idea is, again, if it's logical, Yeah. If you're married to someone, you owe them sex. Mm -hmm. And it's a literal debt. The word debt is right in there. So yeah. you can't just refuse to have sex mm -hmm. with your husband or wife if they want to. Um, you can if it's not logical or if it's sinful. Like you can, you can say, you know, I'm not going to have sex with you in a church. Mm -hmm. um, sex in a church, big thing. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you're living in a house with, mm -hmm. you know, four other people in one right. room, you know, churches which are always open and they're dry. Right. They're kind of inviting. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you might choose to shag in a church. Unfortunately, if you choose to shag in a church, you might get cursed by the saint whose relics is there, and then you'll get stuck together. Oh. So, you know, like, hot tip, watch out for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah. that's not logical. Yeah. Especially if you've got to do, like, the walk of shame to, like, the saint's other relics, which is, like, a big thing. Right. Um, so... So it was thought that when you were married that you had to do it, and mm -hmm. you had to do it. Because you owe a debt. Yeah. Um, and so you owe someone this sex. And uh, again, uh, lest we start thinking medieval period was this period that you know, was doing all these terrible and moral things. And it's, you know, we're, thank God we're not living in the medieval period. Uh, we only uh, made um, rape unlawful within marriage uh, in 1991. Yep. R versus R. Mm-hmm. Which is shocking. Yeah. And we still have this idea of the consummation of marriage and stuff as well, right? Oh, yeah. Because so you can get a marriage annulled as opposed to um, having a divorce if you don't yeah. have sex. So it's not a real marriage because you didn't have real sex. Yeah. And there is still, you know, we, we use the term, we throw the term owing someone sex around yeah. like it's going out of style so owing is like it's a currency it's mm -hmm. like it's a it's a thing that has to be had and gained by somebody yeah and it's it's a resource <laughs> that gets apportioned out yeah among people so you know it's it's a lot of things it's mm. a it is a contagion mm -hmm. um it is a public health risk mm -hmm. It is necessary, mm -hmm. um, and it is an actual honest-to-God resource that we need to be shepherding through the world in order. Yeah. And there is a right way of doing it and a wrong way. Some sex is good. Some sex is bad. Some yeah. sex, well, all sex is hot, but sometimes it's less hot than how angry a dude might get if he's not having it. Yeah. So... So many echoes with uh, with what's happening at the moment. So let's bring it back to the incels, mm -hmm. uh, our favourite topic, which is what got you thinking about this stuff in the first place. But I guess incels are kind of are in a um, in a really aggressive and unpleasant way, reflecting the the views that that 
we many of us still have in society about sex and the way it's viewed. Absolutely. I mean, if we think about, you know, what Aquinas and uh, St. Augustine are saying, mm. that uh, men have to have sex to be not to stop them from being violent, that's what incels are doing. Yeah. You know, there have been multiple, unfortunately, mm. um, in North America, there have mm. been multiple instances of mass murder mm. uh, where incels have just taken it upon them to shoot numerous women. Yeah. Um, and kill them. Yeah. So... They are acting out the church's real fears about what happens if men are, quote unquote, denied sex. Mm. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's all well and good to say, ha ha, it, that's hilarious that the church thought that. There is a group of men who think this and who are acting out in a violent manner as a result of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's no, um, this is not... Uh, people might kind of read that as a purely biological thing. That, no. You know, if people aren't, if it, you know, if people aren't um, having that sex, then you know, it's not. It's biopsychosocial, as we always say on the show. Oh, of course. And some uh, um, and men are socialised to be violent, and violence is a way uh, for men is a way that violence is is often expressed by men in, in uh, these horrendous ways. Mm, you know, and that is one of the ways that we say masculinity is performed, right? Is by yeah. having sex. And that's what these men think about the men who are having sex. Mm. They think there's this mythical guy who, I suppose, like, looks like The Rock or something. Mm. And um, he's just having sex with, like, 20 women a night or something. And women are all crazy for this and they love it. And he's having all the sex that you don't get to. So this is the ultimate kind of symbol of masculinity, right? Yeah. Because sex is masculine. So if you don't get to have sex, then they get it back by acting out in other ways that our society says is masculine, which is, you know, violence. Yeah. But also broadening this out from incels, um, looking at kind of uh, a lot of popular culture and a lot of ways that people think about sex, it's that um, this whole idea of seduction and seducing mm -hmm. people into sex and finding, uh, you know, the way that we talk about people finding relationships and finding the one and finding people to 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 have this conjugal debt with, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that it ha and the way that sex is often talked about as this way of, well, at least I'll be getting, like I talked about before, you know, as at least I'll be getting some, the having it is more important than maybe enjoying it. Maybe oh, seeing yeah. it as an activity that we may, that, uh, that people may do with another person or by themselves or with more than t uh, one other person. There is still this kind of um, a taboo about talking about sex as an activity that people might want to engage in, I think. There's still mm -hmm. this kind of resistance there, I think. Um, uh, and the way that we talk in our book, Enjoy Sex, How and If You Want To, we're, we're flagging this up that people may or may not enjoy sex, but that the enjoying sex might be a, something that we can do as, as part of a kind of a joint effort that people mm -hmm. do together. And often people just think, well, as so long as you're having the sex, then everyone should be happy and everyone should just be performing it and doing it. Yeah. And if you, you know, we see the same kind of, you know, the same sort of relationship to sex um, also really stops us from discussing the sex that isn't, you know, partnered heterosexual piv. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, the idea that if we talk about um, the sex that queer people might be having, yep. for example, we're we're making sex weird. Like, like oh, that's weird. Yeah, exactly. You know, the and we do use that all the time. We'll say that sex is weird. Yeah. Right. So or it awkward. has the, or awkward. It's got yeah. the property. Yeah. Of having sex, and, and it's going to change everything if you introduce this concept. Yeah. Into the wider world, which you know, yeah, I hope to God it does, bro. 
Yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also people don't think, I mean, in, this is what we try to do in, I guess, in sex education is for people to think about why it is they want to have sex. And if we start to ask, ask people why people might want to have sex, yeah. um, there are many, many reasons why people want to have sex. And, and so that really takes away from the idea that it is a resource. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's, it's, um, if we can look at it as an activity that involves lots of different things that aren't just about this Thomas Tommy Quine Quine sanctioned boy. logical sexual <laughs> your boy as you as you say um, then <laughs> that it is it is still seen as pretty radical and uh, you know um, people should buy our book but, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but if, like, we'd have, if we'd have if we'd have if we'd have if we'd have called our book how to get more sex oh man like i'm flying right. off the shelves right or um you know the secret to sex or you yeah. know the yeah yeah and i think a lot of sex advice as well is um about kind of doing it so well and performing the sex so well that mm-hmm. they'll want to come back for that more sex and again the way that we talk about uh, orgasm and achieving orgasm mm-hmm. in this goal orientated way is as if um as if that's a kind of currency yeah um so there's getting it and getting laid but there's also then doing it well and doing it well uh, means that you have to show you've done it well by having an orgasm or, mm-hmm. or ejaculating yep slash squirting and, the same thing and that's very medieval yeah again because the, the entire way that medieval people related to sex is you know sex would be illogical if you didn't yeah. have an orgasm because if you don't have an orgasm then you didn't release the seed that was necessary to get pregnant yeah. so why'd you even do it in the first place oh so yeah. you know act like i mean talk trash about medieval people i i do but also act like you're better yeah you're not no so um, I think we should like bring the conversation towards a close. I can't really think of an ending. It's like, you know, I normally mean, we'd kind of end with some advice, I guess, but it's like, this is an interview. So it's like, well, I mean, I guess I do have some advice, which is just be aware of this, yeah. you know, be aware yeah. that this is coming from somewhere and, we, and it isn't necessarily a biological thing, right? Yeah. Because we have this tendency to say, oh yeah, well, you know, sex has always been like this, right? Yeah. Sex has always been like this. It's biological. It's hardwired into us. This is just the way it is. Yeah. But like, no, you are actually letting some dude who never had sex in the 13th century tell you what you're supposed to be doing with sex and what is logical and what is real and i guess the other thing to say here is just a reminder that even when tommy quinecon was talking about this as we were talking about before people were doing having all sorts of um uh, illogical pleasurable sex Mm -hmm. because we have all of the evidence for that Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we absolutely know that people were getting down in all kinds of freaky ways. And yeah. I mean, if it's not in penitentials, it is in marginalia. Yeah. Um, you know, it's on, you know, the brooches that they wear when they go on pilgrimage. Yeah. Which, you know, they'll just be like, hey, look, here's my vulva. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Woo, spring break. You know, so it's there was a lot of sex going on. So, I mean, I don't know why you're going to let Thomas Aquinas boss you around here in the year of our Lord 2019 <laughs> when like he couldn't even manage that to people who were living with him in the same century. No, exactly. So I guess that's the thing is to be aware of all of these messages that we're getting about sex and that this, uh, we get so many messages about sex and how we should be doing it and what kind of sex we should be having. And this is one of them to treat sex in this a, a objectified way to treat it like a resource and a material as dr eleanor was saying be aware of that Mm -hmm. and aware that it is a message and actually try to maybe see it more as an activity yeah it's uh something that you do with other people or yourself it's not a thing yeah you can't have it 
you can do it well i hope you all found that as interesting as i do i mean i have this conversation a lot with dr eleanor uh in you know pubs often we'll probably do this later yeah i'm like yeah. Well, let's wrap this up i'm trying to go down the pub <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, if you want to find out more about Dr. Eleanor's work then it's goingmedievalblog.wordpress.com um, you can also follow me on Twitter which is they are she is Twitter famous yeah like don't get me wrong I've got like sweet sweet content it's really good content if you want to see pictures of the um, of these uh, medieval dildos and yeah oh yeah frottaging yeah we got I got frottaging pics I got mm-hmm. vulvas all over the shop sometimes I will also show you my cat yeah penis, not a euphemism penis tree Pe- oh the penis tree up in the piece yeah up in the pe- like it gets hot in the block yeah I mean um Oh, you can also check out on tw- if you're on Twitter, the hellscape that is Twitter. Also check out hashtag Medieval Dick Twitter yes. uh, for the important work of me and my colleague, Dr. Sarah Obergstadl, yeah. uh, where we catalog every medieval dick we find. <laughs> and it's a wonderful thing to do. You know. It makes Twitter a nice place. You know, um, everyone loves a medieval dick. 100%. <laughs> uh, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, then do listen to all of the others and uh, every single one we've ever done ever. Come on. We've got like hours and hours of stuff. Hey, I'm doing it. It's, oh, thank you. It's thank mostly you. me and Meg John talking to each other. If this is your first listen to our podcast, you are um, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but it's uh, mostly it's uh, me and Dr. Meg John Barker talking to each other about lots of different aspects of sex, uh, relationships, sexuality, gender how we feel about ourselves and um it's uh gentle kind of chats and advice uh about all of those things uh so check those out um if you want to enjoy sex as an activity rather than as this resource you may enjoy our book enjoy sex how when and if you want to uh, available on icon icon books <laughs> who are also publishing a title forthcoming by oh, Dr. Yeah. Um, what's, what's that going to be called Dr. Um, i believe it's going to be called uh, the medieval uh, the middle ages a brief graphic guide there you go We'll flag that up when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Icon family right here. Whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> you know, you see me in my publisher gang. <laughs> okay, come on, let's go to the pub. Okay, okay. All right. so thank you so much for listening. And um, until next time, bye. Bye. It's your round. <laughs>